in water. What a, a celebration to you. Glad to be a part of that. And, uh, you know, whenever you get saved, get born again, for two things you should do as quick as possible is get baptized in the Holy Spirit and baptized in water. Yeah, two baptisms and uh, that follow your salvation, which is a baptism by itself. Amen. That's a baptism into the body of Christ. Then you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, and you get baptized in water, and you got three of them under your belt. And, uh, and then you're set to go from there. Amen. Well, if you've got your Bible with you today, uh, go with me over to the book of Mark, the book of Mark, chapter 16. Mark, the 16th chapter. I've been in a series for a number of weeks that I want to continue on with today. I believe it will be extremely beneficial and helpful. I trust this series has already been that to, to, uh, to many people. And I want to continue along these lines. This series is called Authorized. Uh, have you been authorized to do anything? The, the, the truth is, by God Himself, we have been authorized to do certain things in the earth. And uh, once we know that we have, now we, now we can do it. But, but, but the, the unfortunate reality is that there are many believers, they're, they're Christians, but they do not know that they have been authorized to do certain things uh, in the earth and in their life. And so, because of that, they're waiting on God to do it. And people will sit around for year after year after year thinking that, you know, certain Victories, certain blessings are not manifesting in their life because it's not the will of God. But if you read the scriptures and you read and, and study the things that Jesus said and other New Testament writers said, you'll find out that our lives do not consist of the fullness of the will of God. No, the will of God is not always done. In fact, there is, there is a whole lot of stuff going on in the world today that is expressly the opposite of God's will. He does not want it to happen, but it is happening. There's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of sin. There's a lot of wrongdoing. There's a lot of curses and just a lot of bogus stuff happening on the planet. God doesn't want it to happen, but it is happening. You know, some, some might say, well, why does he let it happen then? Why does he permit it to, to continue? Well, there is something called free will. That's part of it right there. And how many know that is real? I mean, he literally did turn things over and people make their own choices. And he's not going to interrupt that because he did, they make the wrong choice. He lets us make the wrong choice sometimes, Right? But, you know, I mean, it's either given or it's not. And, and, and so because of that fact and the reality is that a good part of our planet has rejected the Lord. 
has rejected God, has rejected His ways and His mercy and His love and His righteousness. How many know there are repercussions built in to rejecting God? It's just not going to go well. <laughs> and you've got big segments of, like I said, of the, of the planet that have, are not doing things his way. He can't exactly bless that. He can't pour out his fullness and his goodness upon the wrong thing. Hmm. All right. Nevertheless, our focus uh, for our lives, I can't control what everyone does, but I've got myself to deal with. And uh, for our lives, we want to know what God has given us control of. What has He put in our charge? What has He given us the responsibility to direct, to, uh, to deal with? And, and if I can understand that, if I can understand what authority I have and where I can use it, then I can turn things around in my life. Because we all still live, even believers now, you know, you... We don't live on flowery beds of ease as if the planet is heaven. It's not heaven. It's full of sin. It's full of corruption. Romans chapter 8 says the, that the earth is groaning right now. It's groaning, waiting for, a, waiting for the sons of God to come into full manifestation. When, when, when God's glory is revealed completely through us, but right now it's groaning and there's tornadoes and earthquakes and hurricanes and all kinds of wicked weather and bad stuff happening. Not the will of God. Not the will of God. The earth is going, oh. <laughs> Why? It, it's, it's full of sin and it's a corrupt place. But when you and I come into our own and we start to recognize who we are in Christ and what we can do, in his name, then we can make a difference at least in areas that we influence. Ultimately, it'll be taken care of when the Lord splits the eastern sky and we meet him in the air. And, and uh, there's going to be some things taken care of that go beyond our ability. But for now, I have my own life. I have influence and authority in my own life and my own family and in, in areas that the Lord has given me assignments. And, and I want to know about that. Okay, it's essential that believers know their part, they know their role, they know their authority, and they know their responsibility in, in, in that as well. And so one of the most important things that we can talk about when discussing this subject of, and this series of being authorized, has to do with the name of Jesus, this is huge. Are you ready for this? The name of Jesus. It carries great weight. Look at these verses. Mark 16 is a counterpart, if you will, to Matthew 28. Matthew 28, we read that previously in another part of this teaching where Jesus said, All, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, and so forth, right? I've got the authority, so you go and you do the work. In other words, he turned it over to us. This is another thing that Jesus said in that same context. Matthew didn't record it, but Mark did, okay? And in verse 17, and these signs will follow those who believe. Notice, in my name they will cast out demons. Notice that phrase, in my name. He didn't just say, 
They will cast out demons. No, he said, in my name they'll do it. What does your name have to do with it? His name has everything to do with it because his name represents his person. His name represents what he did. His victory over those demons. His name represents all that he accomplished on our behalf. And so he said, now you're going to do this stuff, not in your own strength, not in your own ability, or in your own name, but you're going to do it using this authority. You're going to do it in my name. You'll cast out demons. He went on to say, and you could add this phrase in any of these statements, in my name, they will speak with new tongues. Of course, that has started at Pentecost. Verse 18, in my name they will take up serpents, and that's protection not to turn churches into snake handling churches, not what he meant when people are attacked, he said, and there's an example in the book of Acts about that, he said, if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them, by the way, that's one of the ways you pray for your food. Say, Lord, thank you for this food. If I eat or drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt me. Amen. 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 Someone said, I, get, I got food poisoning. You should have done this. That's deadly. It hurt you. All right, that's side message. Uh, they will, in my name, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. How do we do that? In His name. I want you to notice this. If you use that name, it gives you the ability to do this stuff. Yeah. If you know that you can use it, if you know that you ought to use it, and you know how powerful it is, you'll be able to do this stuff. Listen, this stuff kind of sounds a lot like Jesus. Sounds a lot like what he did, at least the parts about casting out demons, about laying hands on the sick, right? That sounds very Jesus-ish. Well, that's why we use that name. When we use that name, we look like him. We're not supposed to look like us, like ourselves. We're not going out to make our name known. We're not building our kingdom. We're not trying to garner fame for an individual. We are going in His name to make Him known. But that name that we proclaim carries power. That name is the name that represents all authority in heaven and earth. And the fact that He has given us the right and the privilege to use that name is huge. This is a major deal for the church. But if the church does not know what that name means and that they can use it at any time they desire, then they will be weak and powerless and very ineffective. Whatever Jesus was able to do, we can do in his name. Now, if that's a new thought to you, Hold on to it. Meditate on it. Don't throw this out. Say, <coughs> I've never heard anything like that before. Well, there's a lot you haven't heard before. <laughs> Just a thought. Basically, when someone gives you the right to use their name, 
you could call that power of attorney. We do that sometimes in society, in our, in our legal system. If you give someone power of attorney, they have the right to spend your money, <laughs> right? They can sign in your name. They can uh, handle property uh, as if they were you, correct? Uh, when the Lord gives us power of attorney, we are functioning as Him. We can do whatever He could do. We can use His stuff. In this case, we get to exercise the authority that He took back from Satan. He then delegated that to us, gave us power of attorney to function in His stead. You know, someone might give power of attorney, I don't know, if they were going to be gone for a long time, or maybe if they were, you know, had an illness or something, they were incapacitated. But... uh, you would give it to someone else so they can operate as if you were there. Do you see how what the mindset of God is for the church? What He envisioned for the church to look like. Are you ready? Jesus. Jesus. Oh, you guys are just acting like Jesus. That's the goal. In fact, that's the high call of God. That's our, our ultimate desire is to act just like Him, to look like Him as far as the way we conduct ourselves, not only in character and in kindness and in love, absolutely, but also in action, in power, in demonstration, in using the authority that His name represents over the devil, over the works of the devil, over sin, and all that kind of stuff. Now, uh, why, why do we have authority over the devil and his works? Well, because Jesus does, and we're going forth in his name. See, some of the goal in this is to not be so conscious of yourself and your own frailty and shortcomings, but to be conscious of him and his great power in you. Yeah, mindful of Him. You, how many know you want to do that when you, when you come into church and you worship God? You want to forget about yourself. Some people are thinking about their singing and how bad it is. and or They're thinking about all kinds of things except the Lord. The more you can forget about everything and only see Him, the more powerful your time with God will be. When we minister, we want to be less conscious of ourselves more conscious of Him. If we're going and doing things in His name, then we're doing what Jesus would do if He were here. So we're basically saying, for example, if we were, if we were going to lay hands on the sick for healing, we are in essence saying, Jesus, if He were here in the flesh, He would lay His hands on you and open those eyes and fix that knee and heal that shoulder and... Uh, But he's not here in the flesh. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. But we're here in his name to do exactly what he would do. If we're really here in his name, that's how that works. I remember I had an experience in in here, standing right over here. In one time in one of our services, we were laying hands on the sick. And I had an experience with God in the middle of it. I didn't didn't tell this to anyone at the time. but I'm laying hands on one particular woman, and I, if I'm remembering right, her, her issue was 
was cancer. But as I'm putting my hands on her, I had this great awareness of Jesus that all of a sudden it was his hands are in my hands and he's in me. And I, for, it, for a moment, it's like, oh, wow, this is good. <laughs> this is not just me laying hands. This is Jesus in me. Now, now watch, that makes sense. I wasn't doing, I wasn't saying, in the name of Mark, be healed. Right? No, I wasn't doing anything in my name. You know, good luck with that. (laughs) I was representing the Lord, doing His will, and I was doing everything. My prayers and my words were all in His name. And the Lord, I think, helped me to see that. That when we do that, it's Him in us doing the work hallelujah hallelujah and here's the deal I don't believe just because I had that experience that one that one moment that that was the only time that that heck takes place I think that's normal and not just for me as a pastor but for anyone who believes anyone who does something in his name you're not alone you're not operating in your own strength and your ability say I don't know how this works Big whoop-dee-doo. He knows how it works, and you just need to know him and need to know what you can do in his name. Praise God. Look with me at at the 16th chapter of of John, the book of John. Now, Now, here's how the name of Jesus works when we use it. Basically, whenever we say, quote, in Jesus's name or in Jesus' name, we are saying... That if Jesus were here, he would do this. And when we do something in Jesus' name, we are doing it in his stead. We're in his place. We could say, in Jesus' place, I command this to come out. In other words, this is what he would do, but he authorized us to do these things in his place, in his stead. Hallelujah. I don't know if this helps you with your prayer life, but it ought to. And this is what Jesus taught over here in John 16. He said, in that day, you will ask me nothing. So when we pray now in this day, this day is what he's talking about. We don't say, Jesus, dear Jesus, I ask you to do this for me. He said, in that day, you ask me zero Nada. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask, who? The Father. Whatever you ask, the Father. So we address our prayer request today to the Father. That would be the right person in the Godhead to make request of. He said, whatever you ask the Father, He will give you. Right? Is that what it says? Whatever you ask the Father, He'll give you. No, He didn't say that. No. Some of you didn't bring your scriptures with you today, huh? I could tell you anything I want. I could pull the wool right over you, make all kinds of stuff up. And you wouldn't even know. That's why I want you to turn to these things. It's helpful. Amen. Leaders have Bibles and take notes. Amen. Whatever you ask the Father, look what He said. In my name, he will give it you. 
Well, what difference does that make? You mean, if I just say, God, do this for me, you're saying that won't work? That's not what Jesus said to do. He said, ask the Father, but ask him in my name. And if you'll ask him in my name, he'll do it for you. Yeah, what do you mean in his name? In his place. In other words, this affects my prayer life like this. When I ask the Father in Jesus' name, it's the same as if Jesus were asking. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession for us. And so when, when, when I ask the Father, it's, it's, like, it's like Jesus doing this. Hey, uh, Father, <laughs> could, you, could you do da-da-da-da? How many think they have a good relationship, the Father and the Son? No problems, no issues there, no hindrance, no like Jesus saying, I'm feeling kind of condemned today because, you know, I haven't been living right and, you know, I've been sloughing off and I watch that TV show that's full of immorality and, and, uh, <laughs> that's not, a, no, the relationship there is good. How does this help me? When I ask the Father in His name, that's what, it's the same as if Jesus were asking. I'm not going based on my qualifications, based on my earning, based on my righteousness, based on my goodness. I'm going based on what he did for me, how he did it in my place. Oh, hallelujah. And he said, this is the way you're supposed to do it. In that day, you're not going to ask me anything, but you're going to use me. You're going to use my righteousness. You're going to use my position with the Father. You're going to use my name. And you're going to go in there. And whenever you bring me up in the conversation with the Father, you've got it. You've got it. Because he doesn't say no to me. Say, well, the Father said no to me. What do you mean? You who? You don't exist in this equation. (laughs) In other words, we go in his stead, in his place, And we're asking the Father in Jesus' name. Verse 24, until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. See, previous to this, people didn't pray to the Father this way. They didn't ask in the name of Jesus. Even if you read, uh, for example, when the disciples one day said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And remember, he gave them what we call the Lord's Prayer. And he said, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, so forth. Uh, Do you notice that prayer has no in Jesus' name on it? There's no Father, I approach you, I ask you, I come before you in the name of Jesus. Why is that not there? Because that's an old covenant prayer. You see how Christians sometimes with just a little bit of lack of knowledge and lack of understanding, they're praying old covenant prayers in a new covenant. Say, I need help. Here's how you get your help. You pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. That name is the one that kicks Satan's butt. That it's it's him. And that name represents all that he did in his death, burial, and resurrection. He has given us the victory and given us access to the Father. That's why we use that name confidently, respectfully, with awe and worship, and boldly and powerfully. And it causes change to take place in our lives and in our circumstances around us. That name has been given us, given to us for our benefit. So we're either not using it or we don't understand what it means. But when we do, I tell you, great things happen. Glory to God. Glory to God. And so, again, it's as if Jesus were asking. And in this prayer, notice there are no ifs. There are no hums. 
There are, hmm, there's no maybes. Jesus just said, if you do it this way, he'll give it to you. It's done. It's good. No maybe. No might. It's just absolute. We could say it this way. The fact that Jesus gave us the use of his name, it's like he gave us a check. Remember those? (laughs) He gave us a check and signed it and left the, the amount blank. That's in essence what he's saying. Whatever you ask the Father, he said, I've already signed off on it. If you'll use my name, you've got it. That'll blow some of our small thinking, huh? You think, well, I don't want to bug God. It's just this little thing. Little, little is disrespectful. I don't mean don't ask for little things. He takes care of But to limit God and say, well, I don't want to ask for too much. I don't want to pray too big. Listen, big honors him. Big says, I believe you can do it. I believe you're God enough. You are strong enough and capable enough to provide big things and do great works in the earth and in our lives. Amen. Amen. But aren't you thankful? You've got a blank check signed by Jesus. Glory to God. Now look with me over at the book of Acts. Acts chapter 3. Acts, the third chapter. Let me, let me give you an outworking of this. And there's so much in Scripture. We could, we could take a lot of time if we wanted to. Uh, Acts chapter 3. And notice verse 1. 3 verse 1. Of course, this is after the resurrection now. After day, day of Pentecost. They're, they're, they've been authorized. They've been filled with the Spirit. And it says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. So he's crippled, obviously cannot work. He's begging, asking for money. Verse 3, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Expecting to receive what? Money. That's what he was thinking. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. My wife has the wallet today. Has the checkbook. (laughs) What? (laughs) No comments from the front row. (laughs) Can I borrow some money, by the way? (laughs) Peter says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. Look, rise up and walk. Is that what he said? No, no, I skipped a part. Kind of an important part. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. I want you to notice how this man's healing took place. It was not that he just said, look, dude, get up. But he said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up. That makes the difference. Why? That's putting it 
in this category, it's the same as if Jesus were doing it. That's what in the name of means. We shouldn't lightly use in the name of Jesus. Why? This is serious business. We're saying if Jesus were here, this is what he would do. We're praying from that position of authority. We're speaking with his delegated authority. So I take this very seriously, very respectfully, and I never play around, not not just shooting in the air, but I'm saying when I use that name, I do it with, with caution, I do it with great respect, but then I take it with boldness. I say, we're going to see some things change right now because when I use that name, Jesus is on the scene. Jesus is here basically through me or through my prayer or through my words to make this happen. But notice verse uh, 16, which we skip down. It's referencing this story. Verse 16, and his name through faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. I want you to consider those words that it's his name, but then he focuses on this, and it is faith in his name. How many know a lot of people say, I have faith? Oh, I have faith in God. How many know that's, that, that's a good statement, that can be true, but that's a little bit general. Someone said, I have faith in God. Okay, good, but what specifically? What do you believe? How about this? Do you have faith in the name of Jesus? Do you know a lot of people didn't know they were supposed to? They didn't know they were supposed to exercise and develop faith. So whenever they spoke that name, stuff took place. Heaven stood at attention. Demons ran out of the room. They didn't know they were supposed to have faith that that name shook the, 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 the surroundings. And it does. When? When what? When they have faith in it. And that's our goal. That's my desire here today. I want to stir you up to see how much power has been invested in that name. And when it's been given to you and me to use, to you and I to use, that we do it and we do it effectively because it carries great weight. We must know what we have. You have something really powerful. See, see, if I live my life and I'm intimidated by problems, I'm intimidated by disease and all this kind of stuff, and I almost bow my knee in awe of these mighty diseases that rip apart people's lives. I don't know what I have. I think that's big and what I have is small. And I tell you, just the opposite is true. We have something mighty. We have something powerful. We have something greater than anything of this world. It is that precious name. I remember, I remember the, an old movie from years ago called Crocodile Dundee. And uh, the one day when, uh, when Mick, that was his name, Mick? And he walks out and this thug's tries to hold him up with this little puny knife. And you remember what he said? <laughs> Everyone's got their Australian accent on. <laughs> That's not a knife. <laughs> this is a knife. <laughs> and he pulls out that, that, big, uh, that big knife. Well, what, what should we think? How, how should we function when it comes to the enemy's attacks against our lives? Are you listening? 
That's not a knife. What? That's not an issue. That's not a deal. Oh, but this is serious. This is a bad report. This is major heavy duty. This is bad. (laughs) Only if you don't know the name of Jesus and what has been invested in that name and the very fact that you've got one right in your boot. (laughs) The right to use it. The ability to speak it. The ability to proclaim it. What healed this guy at the beautiful gate? The name, but specifically, faith in the name. Faith in the name. Now, uh, this name belongs to the church. If you're in the church, you have access. You've got a key. You've got, you've got the name. You've got, the, you've got a right to use that name whenever you need it. Now, Jesus, by the way, is not a magic word. Just say the magic word. Jesus, and all your problems go away. It is not about repeating like a parrot would, would say something. I said the right words, the right syllables and sounds came out of my mouth, and now I'm victorious. No, it's about knowing the person. It is about knowing what the person has done on your behalf. When those When that understanding is there, that name means something every time you say it. Uh, Someone might say, okay, I see this in here. How do I do it? Now, do I say Jesus or do I say Jesus Christ or do I say Jesus Christ of Nazareth? What do I say? That's not the issue. It's not. Uh, I know some people get... Uh, hung up in different circles with the name Jesus all by itself because they'll say, well, if you look it up in the original language, it's Yeshua. And they say, we're saying it wrong. Uh, No, that's not the issue. That is not going to keep any person from victory in their life. The fact that they said it in an English way, (laughs) that's what we speak. I mean, seriously. Some of you might want to throw stones at me for saying this. But if you slipped up and said in the name of Jesse, (laughs) but your heart was right, it would still work. Why? It's, It's not just the mechanics. It is the revelation of him. It is the person. It is the victory. It is the fact that I represent him in the earth today. If I get it a little bit wrong or off, chill. He's back. He's got your back. All of heaven is standing behind you when you use that name. You know, people have gotten born again, and they totally fumbled over the salvation prayer. And they messed it up and didn't say it exactly right. And they still got born again. Yeah. You know, uh, you know the Lord's not so hung up with us doing everything perfect. Have a right heart. Amen. Seek to know Him. And then just go for it. Didn't just go for it. Well, I don't sound polished. Didn't come out like butter off my tongue. So what? Do you know what you're doing? Then it works. Then there's power in that name. Look at Acts chapter 19. Let me give you this one more verse. Oh, I wish I had some more time. Acts chapter 19. Here's some people that got it wrong. I want to see, we need to see this on both sides. It reads in verse 13, 1913. 
Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord Jesus, call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Something doesn't sound right about that one. Do I say Jesus, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, or Jesus that Paul preaches? Also, verse 14, also there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish uh, chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? (laughs) Now you know you're in trouble, huh? (laughs) Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. So they go out of there to set this guy free and get beat up. But can you see the difference here? Is it because he, he didn't use the name of Jesus? No, he did. He actually uttered the right name. As far as I know, he pronounced it right. Everything was good, but he didn't know him. And there must have been other people named Jesus around there, just like there is today, you know, Jesus, Jesus, yeah, in Spanish. And uh, there must have been other people with that name because he had to identify. You guys, you spirits, come out. The name of Jesus, you know, the one that Paul talks about. Not that other one. Not the guy with the taco stand over there. (laughs) The one that Paul talks about, that one. But did he know him? No, he didn't know it. Did he know what Jesus had done, how he had conquered death and defeated the devil? No, he's using this as a, some kind of formula thing. And even as believers, now obviously we're not like this, but even as believers, what's our focus? To know him, to know what that name means, to know what it represents, and be absolutely certain and settled inside that he has called and authorized me to use it. That I can make requests to the Father. I can fill out the check. And I can, in these circumstances, use that name and demand that things change. When I know Him, when I know that name, I know it belongs to me, I'm a different person. Because I'm not here, again, we go back to this. Now, I'm not here representing myself. I'm here on behalf of the King. The King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. I am His ambassador. He sent me. And when I speak, you better listen because it's him speaking. Huh? That's the way, I'm, t- I'm saying that's the way the body of Christ, the boldness we need to have. We, 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 need, we need to carry that. Not in dealing with each other. We're not bossing each other around. But I'm talking about dealing with the forces of darkness. We're talking about dealing with the elements of this world that come against us. Amen. Have you ever noticed that this name gets attention in our, in our society? If you go in public and say, Jesus, people are going to turn around. <laughs> They're going to get attention. Now, unfortunately, a lot of it's negative because people use, and I think this is the work of the devil, by the way, to minimize the power, to minimize the effect. But people use the name of Jesus as a cuss word. Let's not that, let, ever let that disrespect come out of our mouth. If in your previous life you did that, stop. Today. Let this name be powerful and precious to you. It commands great respect and great fear. But, uh, you know, you don't hear people in, you know, using other names like religious figures' names when they hit their thumb with a hammer. Ah, Buddha. I don't know. I've never heard that. Maybe someone... 
Why do they use the name of Jesus? Why do they say, ah, oh, Jesus, and not in a worshipful way? That's interesting to me. Why, why would that even happen? I tell you, because his name means something. The devil wants to diminish it because he wants you to use it casually, wants you to use it disrespectfully. Because when you know what it really means, his days of rule and reign in your life are over. They are totally over. Amen. There is something about this name that cannot be ignored. It demands a response. And we have the right to use it. How do I know we've been authorized? Because we've been given the right to use that name. Amen. Father, I thank you for what you're working in us today. You are causing us to see, to know, to understand. We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day.